Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Welcome to this beautiful picture, River, uh, and it's quite nice. Uh, I have a... I have so many pictures that I'm not even going to be able to tell you where this is, but it's a beautiful picture, and I saved it. Today is episode 657, and I titled today, uh, The Yearning to Serve. Uh, You'll remember um, the ultimate life is creating a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy, that you create by serving with your divine gifts. It's become very popular in some circles of business, and I really like this, to think of and to teach that selling is service. And that can be very true, and it should be true. Uh, there are, and There have been over the years hundreds, if not thousands, of courses classes and things taught where the method is sort of an overwhelming method. Uh, Someone, uh, you've probably experienced this. I think the best examples were the door-to-door salesman. I remember that when I was a kid, the, the door would ring and we'd open the door and the fuller brush man would be there. And I don't know if the name of the company was Fuller Brush Company or Fuller or what, but he brought in a suitcase and all kinds of stuff. And I don't think my mom bought stuff very often, but I remember occasionally she did and uh, would come in. The guy would come in and do the presentation. Personally, I had, uh, I think, two purchases that I made from those kinds of door-to-door sales, maybe three. And two of them were the infamous vacuum cleaner sales. And the third was an Encyclopedia Britannica set of sales. And, of course, the techniques are the same. They're very pushy, very nice, but very pushy. Actually, there was another one, a door-to-door water softener system. The water softener system was a little bit different because I knew we lived in a place with hard water, We had a brand new house and it didn't have a system, so I kind of wanted it anyway. And so I let them do the demonstration that the water was awful and I knew what they would show me to start with. And the financing was really good. And on top of that, they give you an infinite lifetime supply of soap and laundry soap and everything else. And it was easy to make the case that it barely cost me anything because there was so much free stuff we actually didn't buy lots of stuff for the eight years that we lived in that house. And the water softener, of course, was long since paid off. <clears throat> I think they made their money on the yearly service. Because that was two or $300 to come out and have them change all the filters and do all that stuff. And so with hundreds and hundreds of these units installed, I talked to the service guy at length and he was busy. Ooh, you know, this one, boom, 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 boom. And Two or three hundred bucks pop, you know. I'm I'm sure that was a big piece of 
the revenue. But anyway, service is selling if you do it right. <clears throat> and I'm not downplaying any of the things that I bought or the people that sell door-to-door, believe me. But the sales methods used to be really pushy. Prove you needed something. Throw dirt on your carpet. Prove the vacuum was really good and the one you had sucked. And no pun intended with vacuums. That's all kind of gone away. We've gotten so jaded and so tired of that kind of feeling. Every Literally, every time you open your social media account, ads, 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 buy this, buy that, sharp knives, cool apps, you know, it's $2 a month, $2 a month, and pretty soon you've got 50 $2 a month things, and you're spending 100 bucks a month, and you probably only use three of them. And so then you go through the purge periodically to clean it out. This isn't a podcast about sales. This is a podcast about service. I use sales because that's something that's changed dramatically. Now, there's still hardcore, pushy salesmen out there, and I know that. But there are also a lot of enlightened people who serve. And this is especially true for coaches. So if you're a coach or a consultant or a teacher, but principally a coach whose job it is because you've taken it on yourself to be with someone in the trenches, to love them, to encourage them. I think of coaching as the people encouragement business. And whether you have an official business being a coach or not, you are. Maybe you volunteer in your community. Maybe you volunteer in your church. Maybe you have kids. Maybe you're in the PTA. There's so many places where you, as an adult, have the opportunity to influence people. And you're literally selling every breath you take, whether you know it or not. Back to dating, you're selling yourself to someone else. Uh, creating business relationships. You're selling the idea of working together. Partnerships, you're selling potential profit together. If you're in the business that creates clients of any kind, insurance and real estate and financial planning and the list goes on, you, you are selling an idea. Now, if you understand and you internalize a a fundamental truth that selling is service, then selling becomes easy and fun. One of the painful things for all coaches is they have this idea. There's a, a, a piece of the work that they do that's coaching, and they love doing that listening to people, working with people. And then there's this enrollment piece that I hate. Oh, I got to sell. And they don't know how to do it. And the truth is if you make them exactly the same thing, all the anxiety goes away. And here's how you make it the same. No matter what your business is, and this isn't just true for coaches, the process you go through to enroll a client is exactly the process you go through to serve that client. As a coach, that means I sit down with someone, I get to know them well, because I love them, and that's a choice that I get to make, and we've had episodes about that, then I listen to them to understand what things they're working on, and whether or not I can help, and then we get to helping. So many people don't do the get to helping part because they're afraid they're giving away free stuff. Coaching especially, and all those other things, insurance and financial services, it's a long-term long relationship. So 
being in a relationship of camaraderie and service and true interest is really important. Now, let's get to the crux, the yearning to serve. This is why so many people hate the selling part, because you and I were made to serve. You're a divine being. You were built to love and serve your neighbor. The first great commandment, love God and then love your neighbor as yourself. And a similar commandment or direction or invitation exists in every, I think, nearly every sort of belief system or dogma, not just those quoted out of a Christian scripture or the Bible. So there's a reason. The reason is that's how we were made. We were made to be happiest when we love and serve each other, and that's good news. Because if you and I are creating the ultimate life, and we create it by serving with our divine gifts, then that's a natural thing to do. Wow. So if we're built to want to serve and love, then what happened? Because the world is full of people who celebrate greed, who celebrate having more of stuff than someone else, who celebrate putting others down, who celebrate grabbing and taking. We have a war going on right now as I record this in April 2022 where somebody wants to take someone else's country. Somebody wants to take their life and their identity and just trample over the top. Well, that's all learned behavior. If you see young children who haven't had huge trauma, they love and they share and they serve in a very natural way. That's who we really are. At least in Christian theology, you know, Christ told people to become as a little child. Meek. Meek is not weak. Meek is loving and kind and easy to be entreated or talked to, approached. Willing, submissive you know, not needing to be dominant and in charge. That doesn't mean not powerful, not strong. It doesn't mean any of those things. It means willing to love and work for the common good. And we see shining examples of that all over the place. And I'll bet with all my heart that you right now can think of several times, maybe some recently, hopefully, where you have just gone all in to love and serve someone. And you didn't care what happened, and you didn't care what you got, and you didn't even care if you got recognized. You just decided you were going to love and serve, and you were just going to go do good. Why? Because you could. Because it felt good. Because you wanted to serve. Well, you know, you're built to do that. And so the yearning we have to create the ultimate life comes from our yearning to serve. Now, life of purpose, prosperity, and joy does include the cash piece that everyone sort of worships. We've turned money into a religion, and we need it to live. I get it. But coming from a place where, in my experience, I had more than I needed and more than I could manage— And then did a lot of stupid things out of my depression, alcohol, drugs, and wasted money and all kinds of crazy stuff. I can tell you that money doesn't make you happy. Money buys access that allows you to have more toys and play, but it doesn't buy happy because you can have all that and be miserable. You can have all that and hate yourself. You can have all that and waste it. You can have all that and hoard it. None of those things do good or make you feel good, make you feel like, ooh, the ultimate life of purpose, prosperity, and joy. So purpose can be looked for in our hearts and in our divine natures. That's where we find purpose. Okay, so there's no question that we are 
born as children, innocent and with an inclination to love. And yes, we're dependent on others. And yes, we make our own way and the terrible twos and all that. But the nature of most young children, if not all, is to be communally adequate and love and share and serve and give and be part of the community and help each other, right? You see that and you see memes of that all over the place and they touch our hearts and we feel good and we've seen it. Maybe you've been that and or you have kids that age. Okay, then we are taught through our socialization to be selfish. We are taught to be self-centered. We are taught to hurt others. We are taught to ignore feelings. And that yearning that you and I, that you and I share to serve, to have this ultimate life, focuses more on our purpose and the prosperity in the largest sense and the joy that comes from that than it does on the cash. And because we live in a world right now where money is a religion and status makes you better than someone else, which is not true, but we worship that in a lot of structures in our world, then there's a conflict set up where in order to be okay, you got to be better than somebody else. You got to have more than someone else. I think C.S. Lewis said, happiness is not in having a thing, but in having more of it than the next person. I think he said the next fellow, but the next person, whatever. That is artificial. You know it and I know it in your heart. So here's the, the choice that we have. The ultimate life of purpose, prosperity, and joy comes by serving with our divine gifts. We've done a bunch of episodes on how to find and serve with those gifts. There's all kinds of ways to turn those gifts into income-producing opportunities because selling whatever it is we sell when we do it from service, a true desire to lift and bless, then both parties in the transaction are blessed. And it's only when one party tries to get blessed more than the other that there, there comes a place of dysfunction and unfairness. That happens all the time. You know it and I know it. Then we understand that our Structure and society teaches us to be selfish. I need, I want more than you, and I got to take care of me. I got mine kind of thing. So that brings us to the fundamental point of today's show. You got to choose every single day. We've talked about morning rituals, morning routines before, so I'm not going to do it now. But in your morning preparation process, in your meditation and prayer, choose Choose again this very day to be a person of love, to be a person who exercises that forgiveness we talked about for the last 18 episodes that concluded yesterday. You must choose. Not choosing is choosing. So what I finally learned and I'm 66, almost 66 and a half after all these years and decades of depression and struggle and all the nonsense that you know about from reading the books. And if you don't know, read Tightrope of Depression, my book, one of my books. We have to choose. We do choose whether we mean to or not or whether we want to or not. So isn't it better to consciously, intentionally, in a focused way, choose to be love, choose to serve with love, choose to live? And bless those around us. And yes, in the process, 
we create value and we get paid and we satisfy our physiological and our spiritual needs and our self-actualization needs, if you're thinking of Maslow's Pyramid, those all come. And my gift to you today is that they come fastest, they come in greatest abundance when you live your life to love and serve and you use your divine gifts to bless the lives of those other those around you as you create your ultimate life open your heart in this time thank you for listening to today's episode we hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire if you like what you heard please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger.